Welcome back to the Don't Get Weird About It podcast. I have my best friend in the entire world, Taylor Devoto, here with me. Um, we have been best friends for nearly two decades, 16 years, I think. I counted earlier. Yay, I only counted 15. 16 is so much better. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so to start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, how we know each other, all that? For sure. Um, my name is Taylor Ann Devota, and I'm 26 years old. Um, I grew up in Perry, Michigan, um, and Em and I went to school together from like middle school on. I work as a response coordinator. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I am engaged. I have a whole bunch of pets, and <laughs> I like to do plants and like go for walks and stuff like that in my spare time, I guess. When we had, in fifth grade, there were like two elementary schools in our school district, and I went to Shasburg Elementary, which was the country elementary school, and Emily went to Perry, which was like the, the city town <laughs> elementary school. And um, in fifth grade, like they had a program where those two schools would meet early in the morning for like the band students. So I met with Perry Elementary School students, like El- Shasburg and Element and Perry met, whatever. That's when we were introduced um, prior to when we both elementary schools joined in middle school. And so I like had that advantage and I had like that relationship with Emily and and Lisa and Haley. Like we were all kind of like friends through both basketball and band when we went into um, middle school and we've literally been best friends since. Emily and I have been friends through everything pretty much together. So yeah. Um, truly like the sister in my life and yeah same now (laughs) and that's that's um that's my relationship with em and um death has impacted me through um my adolescence and into my adulthood yeah pretty regularly unfortunately so far the people that i've interviewed which has only been two other people we've interviewed um here have one or two main reasons that they're being interviewed, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I know that this person has died in their life. I know that there was X, like, huge traumatic thing that's happened. And so I knew that they would have a unique perspective and be able to be interviewed. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing that I've found that I like to start off with to kind of add, like, context and a base level is to share um, your first ever experience with death in your life Mm -hmm. in whatever capacity that was. So what was that for you? Um, very, so, like, I actually had two events that, like, the first was the passing of my grandpa Devota, Larry Devota. Um, he passed in 2002. Um, he passed at 59 years old. He was very, um, he was pretty young. I didn't know that. Um, and he had a, uh, a liver, um, disease. So he had a health complication that ultimately led to his death. I was really young, I believe only like nine or eight, like nine or 10 when that happened. Um, But I seen how impacted my grandma Betty was. And that is like who I remembered the most being sad. Like when I was young, death meant sadness, you know what I mean? And I remember seeing that emotion. 
seeing my grandma feel that emotion. You know what I mean? I don't know if I personally felt that emotion. I remember crying and being like sad at the funeral. um, But it was just because all the adults, like all my leaders around me were like sad in in that moment, I think. You know what I mean? After that, um, Labor Day 04, Anne passed. And that is when I feel like I had my first like actual individual emotion in like individual experience with death because um it was my mom told me because you had told her because I was away that weekend and my mom told me and she was devastated and I'm sure that she actually probably was very like she probably cried when she told me but I remember like being taken over by sadness in that moment and being like that doesn't make sense. Like, we're young. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that It that was just, like, so, like, surreal. And, like, after that, the emotions, like, involving death and grieving were then, like, a part of my life. Yeah. Because we were best friends. Yeah. And it was. You know what I mean? That was, like, what we we worked with each other through that. You know what I mean? And like, um, so that was my first, like, those are my first experiences with death was like first my grandpa, my grandpa, Larry, knowing, understanding the sadness. And then like more individually was like learning of Anne's passing for sure. Okay. Yeah. When did grandma Betty die? Grandma Betty died. It couldn't have been high school because I would remember that. It wasn't. It was in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. So she died in 06, 07. Okay, yeah. That's when, yeah, that's when we were in eighth grade. Um, and then after that, it was, uh, again, a more, um, I, I seen my dad, like I seen like my, Mm. my more direct family. I just was more obviously uh, Aware. aware of what was going on in people's emotion and stuff like that. And so, um. I, you know, seen my dad go through and deal with that death. Um, and, you know, I was, of course, I've loved my, you know, grandma. Right. And like, you know, I was saddened by it as well. But seeing my dad go through my grandma's death was, like, really hard. That was, yeah. like, a really hard thing. Yeah. For sure. And I think it's two different things, kind of like how you were saying, because it makes sense for your grandparents to die. Like, yeah. yes, they were young. Like, yeah. 59 super young. That's younger than my dad's current age. For sure. For sure. But it makes sense. You you anticipate that at yeah. some point in your life to happen. It was. It was just, like, much more, like, easily, like... A, uh, easily, like, digestible. It was. It was. And, yeah. And, again, like, I don't know. Anne's was just, like... And it wasn't, like, anyone... It wasn't my family. Like, my family right. wasn't as impacted as how, as how I was. So, like, I felt very much, like... It just was weird. It was, it was, I was separate from my family in that regard. And I don't know if I'd ever felt that emotionally, like, different. You know what I mean? Or, like, yeah. separate from them. That's interesting. Big. That's interesting because, yeah, like, with your grandparents, you were going through it together. Mm-hmm. But where, not that, not that, I mean, Shane probably didn't know what was going on because he was, like, in third grade. But, right. Or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I'm sure your parents had, like, compassion and obviously felt mm-hmm. sad and all of that. But, like, you were next to me every day. And it sounds like grief at that point became, like, ingrained in your life as, like, something you had to understand. Yeah, it was. It was part of... It was just part of, like, people felt grief. Like, people felt 
heartbreak or people felt happy or you know what I mean? Like people felt sick. Like that was just a thing. You know what I mean? That was part of life and people, you know what I mean? And that's okay. Like that was okay at that time. Yeah. I think it's still okay. How did you learn to like process that? That, like, because you said that you felt separate from your family and Mm -hmm. that you were feeling sadness or whatever that emotion was. Like, how did you, like, did you talk to your mom about it? Did you, like, how did you, because I don't remember, because I was knee deep in my own shit. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, how did you learn to process that at 11 years old? I think, um, honestly, like, you, our friendship was a big part of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, me being there to help you and be able to, to know that you could rely on me during that time was like looking back probably the most fulfilling thing for me you know what I mean but during that time it was just like I didn't I didn't know that I was alone in the emotion you know I didn't feel alone in the emotion and we you and I were really involved with each other you know what I mean and I, I don't know I felt like there was a lot of support outside of my family and with my family like if I needed that support it was there you know but I think your and I's friendship and how close I got with your family as well um like gave me like a more positive perspective you know what I mean showed like how like grieving how to go through it yeah how to go through it and like your family was so huge and went through it all together and everything like that um so that was helpful so when you were when you were 11, you didn't process that I feel separate from my family. But now being an adult looking back, yeah. you're like, oh, I was kind of separated by this thing. Yeah. And like, I just was dealing with it. Yeah. It was, um, I think a lot of times in the adolescence, death and grieving is experienced as a family unit. And yeah. although I had experienced it at a family, as a family unit, like I was much more vulnerable and susceptible and just like aware you yeah. know what I mean? Emotionally and socially and everything when Anne died. And yeah. so, yeah, looking back, it just was different than the experiences that I've had with my family. And you know what I mean? The individuals that have passed in my family. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, you and I, I mean, we talk about everything, like, whatever. But yeah. we don't, I feel like there's, po- like, we've never talked about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we talk about, like, sixth grade or... yeah. And I think selfishly, when we talk about that, the conversation usually surrounds me and how I'm fe- how I felt instead of how you felt, and how and that's something I've become aware of recently is how like those things affected my friends, yeah. not just Anne's friends, yeah. like my friends too. For sure, it's in in retrospect, I personally, um, it was it was a big part of our relationship and our relationship was like like you were my best friend you know what I mean it was like a huge part of my adolescence and like us growing up you know what I mean so um it didn't seem like a big aspect going through it doesn't seem like a big aspect it seemed like you know what I mean part of it this is my life yeah like part of it yeah but like when you take a second to sit back and think about it 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 does you, you can see how you know what I mean like maybe like the different layers yeah and, like, being an adult now, you can look back, and I kind of said this before, but, like, you can look back and realize how young you were. Yeah. Because when you're that young, you don't feel that young. You 
Yeah. You don't feel that young and it just... Yeah, you don't. You don't feel that young and you don't even, like, look at being that young as being, like, a thing. You know what I mean? Right. I, as you had said with Laura, like, you look at teenagers now and it's like, those are actual kids. Yeah. Like, they can't do... You know, they, they're not yeah. adults. Yeah. So. Yeah. When you're in it, it's just your reality and you're just figuring it out. But... Hindsight, it's like... Way different. Way different. So, um, I kind of had a next question right now, but we just kind of talked about it. Um, But I I like... I find it interesting to talk about what it's like having such a close friend have to go through it like that, like go through grief and how it affects. Because Mm -hmm. um, when I was in middle school, it was like incredibly difficult for me. Um, in terms of dealing with grief. So, like, everyone around me was always like, you're so strong, I don't know how you do it, whatever. But, Mm -hmm. like, sixth and seventh grade were really tough for me, and I was, like, depressed. I wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. I was seeing a therapist every week and, like, being taken out of school to do that. I was, like, physically sick. Like, you had headaches and, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. I mean, I had headaches, but it was... At the time, I had a headache. I thought I had a headache. But what I was having was, was, like, anxiety. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, you know, but it was, like, physically, yeah, I do remember. Yeah. And, like, I was on medication. I, like, had to be on guard and play defense for, like, what I felt like as a child for, like, legal Mm -hmm. stuff that was going on. Um, But in eighth grade, I really was able to pivot in my life away Mm -hmm. from that and grow from that and see kind of the other side of the mountain um and and I feel step out of the shadow of like I'm the girl with a dead sister who's dealing with having a dead sister right and you and I haven't talked about this much but I think my parents will attest to this as well but like you were a huge part of my ability to mm-hmm. see the other side of the mountain and to kind of, like, get through it and, like, turn that corner, saying just, like, right. a ton of stupid <laughs> phrases All right of the now. next step um, <laughs> analogies I have here. Um, I don't think there was something particular that happened, like, in our friendship or mm-hmm. whatever. I feel like in eighth grade, like, you and I did get a lot closer or, like, mm-hmm. you and I were kind of, like... Oh, like, this is my, like, yeah. my one true, like, best friend, yeah. ride or die. Like, that's how this is going to be. Like, for I sure. feel like that was solidified for some reason in eighth yeah. grade. I don't know why. Right. But it helped pull me up, right? So did you feel some sort of obligation to that? Like, I don't want to say to be my friend because, like, we were already friends. Mm-hmm. But, like, did you feel some sort of, like, responsibility of, like, oh, I have to help her, like, figure it out or anything like that? I never felt that way. And, like, even when I, like, as I had stated earlier, like, looking back in retrospect, like, my, like, just, like, innate, like, I will protect Emily, you know what I mean? Like, she's my best friend. Like, we, like, have that, like, kind of, like, protection of one another. Like, that, I think, brought me value. The fact that you were struggling and that you and I, like, together found light, you know what I mean? Or that you found light separately or that whatever um, was, like, that was fulfilling to me. Yeah. I'm still, like, I'm still very much like that. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. I, I, I like helping people get to whatever they want, you know? So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that at all. Yeah. I never, ever, ever (laughs) had that thought until you just asked me. So, no, I don't think that I thought that ever. (laughs) Okay. 
Good, good. Our friendship's real. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, kind of moving on from like that portion of mm-hmm. of life, but I kind of wanted to set like the foundation of both that experience with death and then also our friendship mm-hmm. for people listening who might Definitely. not know. Um, so flashing forward to senior year of college, mm-hmm. can you give a little backstory about that and yep. your loss that you experienced? Yep. So um, our senior year, it was 2014. My dad got sick and he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Um, He was diagnosed pretty much like Labor Day weekend and passed. Really? Yeah, he. Great weekend. Yeah, great weekend. We love Labor Day. Thank God 2019 come and gone. Yeah. Um, And it it was like around that time. It may have been, I think, like the Tuesday following or something like that. and past December um, of 2014, December 16th. So, um, and that was my most recent and my most impactful death in my life. Yeah, by for far. sure. Yeah, by obviously. Far. Yeah, <laughs> by far. Um, but my adolescence and my experience with death definitely um, helped me through the process you know what I mean and has continued to just help me push through you know what I mean yeah like it gave you like the coping skills it gave you the tools it did but you just had to figure out how to use them in a different way it did it really I felt like I had the tools and I felt like I seen and had the real world experience of seeing a death and seeing like life after death You know what I mean? Like, seeing the new normal actually become a new normal. Yeah. You know? Because that was, like, a a stupid phrase that everyone loves. Oh, there will be a new normal. Like, no, there will be. You're right. Like, there has to be. Right. You know? There's no other option. There's no other option. There's no other option. So, unless you're, like, manic, and then there's, like, no normal. You know what I mean? But... I'm not, so. So, how did you find out exactly? Like, I remember, I don't remember the exact timeline, but, like, obviously you, like, kept me, we didn't go to college together, but Mm -hmm. you kept me, like, updated, obviously. For sure. Um, Something, kind of a side note worth noting, is that you and I, when, in high school, up until now, like, our families live one mile from each other. Yes. So, like, our families... Very close. Very close. Like, I've, like... Like, I feel a part of the Daunt family, like, you yeah. feel a part of the Devota family. Right. For sure. For Just, sure. So, like, you were, beyond being best friends, you were keeping me updated on, like, what was going on, and, like... Yes. I felt like... How my family was. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, just, right. the the actual details around it. Yeah. Like, we're going in this day to do this. Yeah. And then this day. So, like, I feel like when we first found, or when I first found out from you, like, it wasn't, like... Oh, he has three months. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, um, it was not a good diagnosis. Like they, um, I had no idea that pancreatic cancer was as terminal of a diagnosis as I understand now. Um, especially at like a stage four, you know what I mean? At like the point of being stage four. So, um, my ignorance was absolute bliss in that moment. I had a lot of hope because my grandma Betty had had cancer and she had 
fought cancer, been in remission, had it come back, fought it. Like, she had a long fight. Yeah. A very long fight with um, breast cancer. Um, So, he was diagnosed and... The plan was chemo. The plan was chemo. We were going to start chemo Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and prior to that, which was a long time. I would say that feels like, like a big break. It was. And there was um, there was a lot of health issues. Like, he was not strong enough for chemo, ultimately. He had a lot of, like, gastro issues that were making him ultimately, like, weaker and weaker. Okay. And so chemo was actually just getting further and further away. Oh, it just got kept getting pushed back. It just kept getting pushed back because basically of the – how much his health was declining. So quickly. From my understanding. This is, yeah. like, what my, my understanding yeah. is now. It's your perspective. It is my perspective. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving 2014 – we had we had people at our house, and my dad was in the hospital. Um, and I remember that people came over. The Devota family came over, and then people went to the hospital to like spend time yeah. with him on that holiday. Um, and that was the last holiday, like where he, you know what I mean. He was uh, aware, you know yeah. what I mean, and like was like, himself. Able. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was still fairly himself. He was really. Like, just very weak. I mean, I don't think... I think when I came home for Thanksgiving was when you and I went to the hospital. Yeah. That's the last picture that we have with him. With him, him. yeah. Um, And he's... It's a terrible picture. I mean, I hate that picture. Yeah. I love that picture because it's you and I and we were his girls. But I hate that picture because that's not him. Yeah. Um, And he was, you know... So, anyways... um, we moved him to a hospice house um, in Lansing about five or six days into December, and he was there, I think, for 10 days. So he was yeah. at the hospice house actually for quite a while, um, and they let us bring Cooper, and oh, yeah. Cooper was at the hospice house. Which is your dog, by the way. Yeah, which is our dog. Which is our dog. They let us bring our dog, and he's just, like, he was, like, such a fat, pathetic dog, and it was, like, so awesome that he was there, but... Yeah. And um, he was real old by that point, He was real old, too. Yeah, like, we were, like, we thought we were going to have to put Cooper on hospice. Like, it was, yeah, so... a twofer deal. A twofer. (laughs) Lansing Hospice House with the twofer. And, um... And he passed in the hospice house, and he was um, with uh, most of his most of the family was there. Okay. When he passed, um, but he never began chemo treatments. Oh, they never even started. Nope, he never started chemo treatments, um, and it was it just the disease was rampant. Kind of rampant, yeah. It, it, it had already made up its mind, you know what yeah. I mean, to be honest with you. So um, it was really sad. Seeing my dad at the end was really sad. I don't like really thinking about yeah. him in that because that's not even a f- like a fraction or a portion of like, and nothing about that was like how my dad was. Like, yeah. he was a busybody. He was, you know what I mean? He never complained. He like always had an appetite. Just all of those things were like not him. This is the total opposite. The total opposite. So yeah. that wasn't. My dad's, my memories of my dad, like, they stopped pretty much after he was 
diagnosed. diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he is also, like, what, like, a giant of a man. Like, he was, like, 6'7", like, just, like, a yeah. solid dude. So, like, to see the total opposite of that. He had whittled to, like, at, like, literally just a frail, tall, yeah. skinny, yeah. Like, old man, and he was 49. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... It was... That, that was tough, for sure. The, the, the visual appearance of him was... Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that was... That was difficult. Mm-hmm. And then I, in turn, like, how you were there for me, I, like, stepped up to the plate. Yeah. And was like, now's the time where I, like, pay it forward. You know, or, yeah, like, you know... Yeah, it was, like, one of those things that... I didn't feel that way in the time. Actually, I didn't feel like, oh, now I've just, like, it was instinct because you're my best friend. Yeah. But looking back, it was like, now I can support you. And in that moment, like, I knew I had to rely on you. Like, Mm -hmm. it, it, you do feel alone always in that, no matter how many people are around you and how many times people tell you, you know what I mean? Like, it's a very scary and alone time, you know what I mean? But... I, I knew that, like, I ha- I didn't have a choice but to talk to you. You had been through it, and, like, you were the most valuable resource that I really had in, like, my tool belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of, like, people that knew me, knew my emotion, knew, know my family, have been through it. Like, you know what I mean? It, it just was what it was. Like, right. neither of us had a choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We were there, and we were going to figure again, it out. Again, neither of us had a choice. Like, yeah. it just is what it is. Yeah. You yeah. push forward. Right. You because have to. you have no other choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, the, I think it was the night your dad died. I was at work. This is so, like, that whole week, like, mm-hmm. uh, we were thankfully home for Christmas break. Yep. From school. Yep. Um, but... I had, like, that whole week, like, been stopping by, visiting hospice, like, doing all of that. But that night, I was at work, and my phone got, like, messed up, and I wasn't getting any messages. And, like, I didn't know that I wasn't getting any messages. Mm -hmm. And I restarted my phone, and a a text from your mom popped up and was, like, you know, he's gone or whatever it said. Yeah. And so, and I, like, freaked out because I was, like... Oh, this could have been three hours ago, and I did. I am yeah. just an asshole who didn't right. know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And we were really, we were like, I mean, what's Emily's response to awaiting? <laughs> That's definitely your like reply. what your priority was <laughs> you know what I mean? at that time. <laughs> we were like, um, but how does Emily feel? Right? <laughs> well, I just felt bad because I wasn't 100%. there for you. I completely understand. I would feel the exact same way, but like, you know what I mean? In retrospect, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah. But I like. Hundred percent. I think I called you or something. I rushed to your house, met you guys at your house, or whatever, because you had to like. I mean, the most like morbid thing, like unpack all his things that you brought home from hospice, like yeah, sh- right after it happens. We like I yeah the night of I was at home. I take I took a break and drove home that night. Okay. I was actually not at the hospice home when my dad passed. Oh really? I was not. I was, I took a break and I went home and I was on the treadmill. I was running and my aunt Pat called me or my uncle Steve. I don't remember who, but they called and they were like, Hey Tay, like you need to, you, you need to come. It's looking to be 
the end. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's looking like he's he's going to be um, taking some final breaths here. And on my way to the hospice house, he ultimately passed. He passed, I think they said, like, nine minutes or something. You know what I mean? Right oh. before I had arrived, everyone was still there. Um, but you, you, we literally didn't stay at the hospice. I don't think I was at the hospice house for one full hour. Really? Not for one full hour. I got there, like, shortly after 9 p.m., and I... Don't I? I don't feel like I was there for even an hour. Oh yeah, no, because it wasn't that late that I got to your house after work. Yeah. Did because because they pushed you out or because you guys were like, there's no point. Like you know what I mean? I did. You all feel like okay, let's. I have no recollection. I'm sure yeah. that we were like, let's get the f- out of here. Yeah. I'm sh- knowing, like knowing literally knowing family. my mom. Yeah. Like, we were like, and we're out. Like yeah. this is done. Like, like there's we, no need there's to sit no, in this anymore. No, absolutely no need. Yeah. No. Well, need. and your mom. I mean, my, everyone the, spent a ton of time there, but your mom. Was, the amount that my mom sacrificed to, like, she didn't sacrifice anything. She was doing what she was supposed to be doing. But right. she, yeah, I, I can't imagine how eager she just was to, be home. Go home. Yeah. And be herself, and you know what I mean. Just yeah. Let reality be yeah yeah I remember uh like helping your mom unpack and like I don't remember where Shane was I think it was just us three at the house your mom me and you Mm -hmm. and we were unpacking and it just didn't like it didn't feel real uh, obviously even though like very different from my situation Mm -hmm. like you knew it was coming yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It didn't feel like we were actually at the end of that, though. Like, that, it, it was all done. Yeah. Like, the whole thing was, because, like, yeah. You're still in shock. Yeah. Because, like, what just happened? Like, you blinked, and then, and, and, like, obviously, you didn't anticipate him going that night, because you wouldn't have gone home. Right. For sure. So, like, there's lots of, there's still a shock value, obviously, involved in that, no matter how prepared. Definitely. It appears to be. For sure. For sure. It was... It just seemed endless. Like, I, I I, personally was very checked out. I, I wasn't checked out. I was very at terms with what was happening prior yeah. to it happening. I was very much, like, I, I, I knew that what we were waiting for was for my dad to die. Like, yeah. in hospice, that's what they're there for. Like, right. in my grandma, Betty, did hospice as well, and she did it at home. Mm. And I just remember it was like, we, it just is hard. You know what I mean? Like, you're waiting. Yeah. You're literally waiting for someone to die. You're waiting. Like, so I don't know, like, if I just was like, yep, matter, that's very matter of fact for me. Like, this is this. You know what I mean? I'm going to start moving forward. Or if it was just like, I'm going to actually... Like, the death is just going to be the death, and I'm not going to pay attention to it. It's just, that's just the result, you know what I mean? And we're going to, like, move forward. Yeah, so you just accepted it. It was the result. It was, like, the cancer has taken over your, your my dad. Yeah. Like, the result of the cancer taking over my dad is that he is, the cancer will take over. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the cancer will lead to death. Like, it just is what it is. It's, there's no... You know, there was no questioning it and like seeing it all happen and like seeing the decline, like there, there just wasn't a lot of room for questioning it. You know what I mean? It was the harsh, it was very, very 
harsh reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? But reality is reality. Yeah. Whether it's good, bad, happy, or sad, you know? Yeah. So, it was very black and white to me. Yeah. That's such, that's such you, too. Like, that is a description of your personality. You're like, it is what it is. Yeah. And now we're just going to... Continue. What are we going to do to continue? How yeah. are we going to move forward? Because we can't just sit in this. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's you to, mm-hmm. to a T. Yeah. Um, so do you, when you were, like, leading up to those days or even after those days, like, obviously there's the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you had to move through those or do you think you moved through them quickly before his death? Because you said that you accepted it, which is kind of, like, the ultimate, yeah. like... Part, part that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, was there, like, the bartering of, like... Like, that's one of the stages of grief is, like, bartering with God or bartering with whoever to be, like, well, if you just let him heal... If he can just heal, if there can be some miracle, like, I promise to do X. Like, did you... Ha- was there any of that or was it just, like, this is what it is, like you said? There was never a bartering for me. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a bartering for me. I mean... Aside from, like, I remember thinking, like, I, no, there was, there was always the I wish this was me thought, you know what I mean? Or, like, this could be me instead of him thought, you know what I mean? But there was never a, if he gets better, like, I will be this, or I will do this, or, you know, this will be because he's better. That wasn't really a thing. He wasn't going to get better. Yeah. And that was the truth. Yeah. You know, that was fact yeah in my head so do you feel like you had to move through those stages at all like after through the grieving process or do you think you had already kind of quickly moved through them because of your your like specific circumstance of like I think I quickly moved through some of the grieving I think the early steps of grieving grieving I moved through I accepted um I think that I struggled on the other end with the creating the new normal and understanding that that all of my life that was disrupted following my father's passing the thing you know what I thought was my normal and what I thought was you know all peachy and everything like that was disrupted around me like those are the new normals you know what I mean it's not disruption anymore it doesn't feel like it's disruption anymore like that is just my new normal you know because it was such a big change it, it felt like um, on the back end I had to work harder because on the front end maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I expedited myself through those or I was so very black and white about it. I didn't leave a lot of the space for that yeah. gray area emotion. And that is like also just as real as yeah. the stage four pancreatic cancer diagnosis that my dad had is the, you know what I mean? Like the waves of emotion and like the emotion and the ups and downs and stuff. So. Yeah. So like you were up until like Christmas or whatever, like you were through the fall and all of that, you were in like a fight mode or like survival mode of like, we have to do this and then this and this is happening and now we have to do this and now, but then afterwards you had to like, the, all of those things that were disruption fell silent, and then, but it was like, this is just yeah. normal now. Yeah. Like, like, dad still isn't home, and he's never going to be. Right. Right. And, yeah, that was, I think that, and just, like, supporting, figuring out how, like, how I could, like, 
support other people around me was a big was a big thing as well. You like know what I mean? Your family. Um, yeah, my family, my mom especially. You know what I mean? Considering like her and I are extremely close. Right. Um, I carried. I I took all of her grief on to me. You know what I mean? I as much of her grief as I could take from her. I w- would and still to this day would take from her. But um, her grief is her normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. My grief is my normal. Yeah. I can't feel my mom's grief for her. You know what I mean? I can't process my mom's grief for her. Yeah. And she can't for me. You know what I mean? We're we're different. And it's also a different like. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But it's also different because he was your dad, which is, I mean, obvious. I'm saying the obvious, but like those grief lines are so different so that you can't take that much from her. You can't I, take that on. She still has to go through. It's completely, di- I absolutely agree. So there's that. And because like, I don't know, it's like in your head, it's like, this is my family unit. Yeah. But when you really dissect like the relationships, it's like. No, like that is my that was my mother's partner. Like, yeah, it's still. I think that like most of my emotion is surrounding that in that relationship. You know what I mean? And just the grief that is involved with that relationship because I can't imagine. Right. That, you know what I mean? So you have you feel like currently. In my current state, you yeah. You feel like you have, because you're, like, such a compassionate person, like, more of your grief is for, like you know your mom is going grief. through this, and that is what makes you... Yes. I don't want to say more sad, but, like, currently you're mm-hmm. grieving the fact that your mom has to go through this more yeah. than the loss of your dad. Yeah, because the loss Kinda. of... Kinda. Yeah, because the loss of my dad uh, now is very black and white. Like, my dad has passed, you know what I mean? And we have, again, created this new normal, but... Part of that new normal is, you know what I mean, is my mom being without her partner. And, like, yeah. her half, you know, that's, like, the worst. It's terrible. Yeah. I can't. I can't yeah. imagine any of that level of grief. But because I love my mom so much and because her and I are so close and that's just the way that we work, you know what I mean? I want to feel her grief. She kind of wants to feel mine. And that's... She, we, we say the same thing to the state, to one another. You know what I yeah. mean? She thinks it's so sad that Shane and I have to grow up without yeah. a dad. And I think it's really sad that she doesn't have yeah, her partner. Her best friend. Her partner. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just our personalities. You know what I mean? My mom and I have that same kind of yeah. personality trait. You're very much sure, the same. In that way. Do you guys talk about it a lot? We talk about it all. Like, we talk about my dad and, like, our... We talk about it all the time. Yeah. We talk about it a lot. And we, I would say, use each other as outlets for, you know what I mean, um, times when we feel very alone or, you know, feel, like, misunderstood or, or whatever. But, yeah, my, I talk to my mom about all of that stuff. And we benefit from talking to each other, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, of for course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just realized we're, like, it's almost five years. It'll be five years this December. It will yeah. be five years without my dad, and that's crazy. It's absolutely insane, but I feel settled enough. Uh, you know, I don't know if two years ago I could have been like, yeah, and this is my new normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I could have been confident enough or settled enough or comfortable enough to accept this new normal. Yeah. And accepting the new normal is like literally 90% of the battle. 
Yeah. Because if you're fighting it that whole time, you know what I mean? Like, that's exhausting. And you're not finding happiness and you're not finding fulfillment. So, like, accepting the new normal and, like, that's been huge. Yeah. So Huge. So that's kind of, like, two different things, I guess, now that you're saying it. It's, like, the acceptance of the fact that your dad is going to die or is now dead mm-hmm. versus accept the when you're talking about stage of grief, like I was saying earlier, yeah. the acceptance of the new normal. Like, that's, like, two different... It's, like, two different diagrams. It is. Almost. So it definitely is. It's interesting that you say that. Um, so, I remember when we were at the funeral home, we were loading up the flowers. I don't know. It was, like, after the funeral or something. Yep. yep. At the end. Um, we were loading up the flowers to take home. And I don't know if you remember this, but the funeral director... Or someone worked working there mm-hmm. at the end, like gave you a hug and was like, or something, and mm-hmm. to say goodbye, and was like, like I'm so sorry you have to go through this. Um, like you're way too young for this. Do you remember that? I I, I don't know why that stuck with me. I but. don't remember him saying that. I don't remember him saying that. Um, I don't. I don't remember saying that. I didn't feel too young to be going through that it. That was my next question. Was did you in the moment feel like? Oh, yeah, I am, like, we were 21. Like, mm-hmm. I am way too young for my dad to no longer be there for the rest of my life. Like, I did feel that way. Like, yes, I did feel like I was way too young. But again, that was the reality yeah. of it. And you were way too young, Em. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what am I? I'm 21 years old. Like, you lost your sister when we were 12, dude. Like, yeah, I'm twice the age that you were, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's... It, <laughs> It, um, I didn't feel that young. Yeah. Cause that's just your reality now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and I didn't feel like a third, as a third party, that thought, like, of course it was sad and awful and miserable. The thought of like, oh, we're just too young for this. It didn't pop into my head because like, like now it does. Cause again, you can look back yeah. and realize that like people who are literally like 45 right now, their parents are still alive. Yeah. For sure. But, like, you, I don't know. It's, like, you don't recognize it until you look back on it. And, like, I don't, I never thought, like, first off, I'm, like, the least woe is me person ever. So, I just, like, that's not my mind frame. But I am, like, this is unfair. You know what I mean? Like, I'm more so, like, this is not really fair that, you know, like, I have to live without my dad and other people get to or... Other people take advantage of their relationships and their parents, and I don't even, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Have but that that's it. Like, yeah. That's, like, I, I feel spiteful, or, like, I, I do have, like, some of those, like, negative thoughts sometimes, but yeah. I never, I never, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so young. Yeah. I shouldn't have to do this because I'm so young. Yeah. <laughs> I have this young crown on still, so I don't have to do anything. No. My, my adult reality, it hit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting, too, like, how you said I'm not, like, woe is me person. Like, you and I are both very much, like, and and when we're talking about, like, when we have disagreements with others, we're, like, quit playing the victim. Like, you and I are on the same wavelength. The, yeah, I feel like both of us have had plenty of opportunities in our lives to be the victim, and I don't have a single recollection of us ever being. Yeah being called a victim yeah. ever. And we both 
And I'm proud of have each, that. Have each other, too, to, like, keep each other in check, too. Yeah. Of, of that. Of yeah. Like, oh, for sure. If we, like, kind of start, like, doing yeah. that, it's yeah. like, mm. But, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. So Which I appreciate. That was just an interesting component. For sure. What was the funeral like for you? Oh, my God. It was, like, a blur. Yeah. It was an absolute blur. Um... It was, we had it at um, St. Michael's in Chesaning, yeah. which is where we had held my grandfather's funeral and where we held my grandma's funeral. So oh. we had buried my father's parents um, there as well. And so I was like, in terms of like funeral homes, the most comfortable. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could like be comfortable at a funeral home, like I was very familiar and everything, but I, I just remember... Um, I remember being really pleased with how my dad looked in the casket, mm. um, considering how shitty he looked prior, like being sick at the hospital and stuff like that. Like he was really skinny, but we put him in a flannel and I was so happy yeah. that he was in a flannel. Um, and they just, you know, they, I thought that they did like decent with his makeup and stuff like that to make him not look, he was really like jaundiced and stuff at yeah. the end. It was weird. So I was happy with that. Um. I really don't remember very many people. Like, I really remember you a lot. Um, I remember my... I re- always remember my Aunt Pat. She's just, like, such a goofball. You know yeah. what I mean? And just, like, always just keeps it as positive and lighthearted as possible. And I remember Shane. I remember just, like, always looking over at Shane and being, like, so worried you know what I mean? Um, and just thinking about, like, what a man he was. Like, he just had to be, like, such a man. You know what I mean? And Who's your younger brother? Yeah, Shane's, who's my younger brother? Shane. Shane's my younger brother. And, like, he just still, to this day, is the closest thing to my dad that any of us have. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. And so that was really hard. Um, it still is really hard thinking about Shane. I'm so thankful to have him and you know what I mean like just to have that man um, a man in our family you know what I mean like in my family and um I'm just I'm thankful to have a brother you know what I mean and, and a healthy brother and yeah all of those things so I try to you know you try to keep it as positive of a a perspective of it and I could again sit here and worry about my brother as much as I sit and you know what I mean yeah feel for my mom or feel for but like I can't I can't have his grief for him I can't feel or digest his grief for him you know what I mean yeah. we're both very separate people and um so yeah and kind of like going back to the relationship thing like yeah you're both you both lost a dad mm-hmm. but like that relationship between dad and son is so different than dad and daughter so it's like yeah. it's still so such a different journey even though you can be there to support each other 100%. so you can't take that you can't take that on like it's literally impossible you can't you really can't even if even if I sat here and tried all you know what I mean effortlessly it just it, it's not yeah it's not possible so yeah um I remember looking at my brother and being extremely proud during the funeral and being I never thought of I never had to I never looked at Shane like a leader and I felt like for the first time I immediately did you know what I yeah. mean or like a just that mannish figure in our family, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I was really proud of him during the whole thing, but, you know, worried at the same time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just remember all the people and all of the hugs and all of the, you know, this will get better and I'm so sorry. And I like very, very, I don't remember any of the service. Yeah. I don't believe anyone did a eulogy for my father. I think that that was. I think it was just like the priest, like the something. priest did it. Yep. I don't, I, I don't remember a lot. I remember like for like one split second, I think, seeing Shelby in the back of the church. Yeah. And I val like I hold on to that, you know what I mean? Um, but like other, I don't remember other people there. Like I remember the people that like I want, like the only people that I wanted to see there were there. And yeah. those are the people that I remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And whatever, like pretty much. Yeah. I remember I sat with like, um, like your college friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my mom was there. She sat separately. But anyway, you guys walked in and, um, sat down and like my throat just went like completely dry and like mm-hmm. I I was like oh my god like I can't start coughing in the middle of this funeral <laughs> like a full-on coughing attack and I didn't have any water your nose starts bleeding <laughs> right like the most standard thing right. um and so I was like I have to get up and like go like get a drink of water like and so I like I was on this. I was at the side of the church, and I like skirted around. It's like such a weird church. They have like a thousand aisles. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a pretty church, but it's weird. it's like yeah. in the round almost. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so I like ran out to the bathroom and just started like throwing up in the bathroom, which is weird because like I've had so much experience, mm-hmm. like even beyond my sister with like going to funerals, and so like I didn't think it would affect yeah. me like that. Yeah. So that happened, and then I walked back That's in. That's so weird. I, ne- I did not ever know that. Oh, yeah. It was like, I felt like I was so loud, too. That's and so I was like, weird. oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then I, I, like, had to, like, drink from the sink because yeah. that was my only option. And then I walked back in. I looked to my right, and Shelby, who's, like, our third, like, yep. best, best friend, friend person, school, yep. um, was standing there. And, like, I hadn't seen her up until then, and she, like, grabbed my hand, and she was like, did you just throw up? And I was like, yeah. And then she just, like, gave me a hug. Yep. And that, like, a quick hug, and then we went, like, I went back to my seat. But it was, like, it's funny you say that you just remember seeing Shelby, because, like, it was, like, just that, like, split second, but it was, like, all you needed to be, like, I understand you, you understand me. We didn't even talk. Like, right. literally, I just seen her, and I. it's probably one of the most, like, vivid memories I have inside the church during the funeral. It yeah. is the most vivid memory I have inside the church during the funeral. I remember that, and I just remember, like, holding my mom. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that was hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my mom is a very, um, we're both very emotional people, and we're both very outward with our emotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. Um, very I, compassionate. Yeah, I I just wanted to like hold her during that whole time. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's all that I wanted was yeah. to just like, oh, that was like so hard. It's just trying to like keep my mom comfortable and you know make just, sure she was okay. Yeah, make sure she was okay. Literally. Yeah. 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 And then we went to the uh, uh, burial or what the mm-hmm. cemetery mm-hmm. after, and we did like a cheers. I remember that. Like, yeah. With. We had with beers Ru- or yep, something. With Rubeus. Um, M. Bialecki brought beers. And we did a cheers and 
I had that. I remember that as well. I really vividly remember that. There are pictures. Yeah, which helps. Which help a lot. Um, and there were, uh, like, a, a lot of actually, like, our friends from Perry were yeah. all kind of in that. That was a lot of, like, younger, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, my gen, like, our generation, Shane's gener, or, like, Shane's crowd, Shane's class, I guess. Um, like, during that toast. Yeah, like, people there to support you guys. Yeah. Like, to grieve the loss, obviously, but, like, a yeah. lot to be there to support you. Yeah. You guys. Definitely. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you said of that thing about your mom, I remember the funeral we had to go to, like, a year, less, uh, nine months later or whatever, mm-hmm. and we all went together, and I was sitting between you and your mom. Yeah. And I, and she was just, like like, bawling because it was the first funeral she had been to since her husband, and I just had to, like, hold her hand. Yeah. And it was, like, you just wanted to, like, take that away. Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure sitting between the two of you because I was, like, I have this responsibility I and I must, that. like, excel in this responsibility. That was, that was a, it was. Because I was worried about you event, guys being at a were, funeral. Yeah. Again. That whole event was just crazy. I mean, it was, like, my good friend, her father had passed from a very similar, you know, cancer. It wasn't the same diagnosis, but very similar cancer experience. And that was, like, so weird weird, and surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Getting through that, getting through Christmas and all of that, like, I feel very lucky that it happened during Christmas break in a Mm -hmm. weird way because, like, we were home yeah. and could be home and like yeah i don't know if there is a silver lining i yeah. guess that could be one of them definitely um what was it like going back to senior year of college and like having to like step away from your be away from your family um like right after that i was so um i was really eager to get back to my schedule yeah and my normal but I was really concerned and I carried I if I carry a lot of guilt that I stepped away during that time you know what I mean um I felt very guilty that I stepped away during that time um but I know that it was the right choice for me looking back I know that I made the right choice um but it it was really hard. I you felt, felt guilty in the moment. I felt so guilty in the moment. I felt terrible that I wasn't there, that I even, like, wanted to f- finish my commitments. You know what I mean? Like, who really cares about college? Like, my dad just died. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, but my desire to make my father proud and my desire to make my my like just my parents in general proud was like pushing me more to go and finish school yeah and like get back to my normal like I know my dad and I I've seen him try to create a new normal after he lost his dad and he after after he lost his mom and like it was a big thing you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so I knew that my dad wanted me to get back to normal but I felt a lot of like um independent guilt not being in Lansing supporting my mom supporting my brother like just being there yeah even though that wasn't gonna do or change anything right did you express that you felt that way to your family or to anyone or did you like hold that to yourself I definitely expressed that to my mom um 
I don't talk about that kind of stuff with Shane. Like, we just don't talk about that kind of thing. But um, my mom definitely knew that, like, I was, like, struggling being over there. And I remember asking, like, multiple times, like, you know, do you want me to come home? Like, I, you know, I really feel like I should come home. And she always was, like, absolutely not. Like, you will finish school. My dad, I mean... My dad told me prior to him passing, like, you have to finish school. You know what I mean? It was an agreement. But even outside of that agreement, I would have never let my parents down in that way. Right. By not finishing school. Yeah. Like, that's what I was there to do. And I, I wanted to finish school, of course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So. And you had one semester. I had one semester left. Um, Yeah, I had one semester left. And, like, I enjoyed school. I enjoyed college. Like, that was something that... I enjoyed and my my dad enjoyed you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I knew that my dad wanted me to be doing that you know like we talked about like college and learning and my dad was so supportive of me when I first moved to Grand Valley I was so like I felt so alone I didn't have friends and I like my dad was way understanding you know what I mean and so I did it for him as well to be honest yeah. with you, I, I, t- I tell myself that I did it for him. That was, like, a big justification for myself. Oh, make, like, when you were dealing with the guilt. To make it be okay. You know yeah. what I mean? To If this was the right thing to do and Dad would be proud and, you know what I mean, even though you're feeling torn, like, this is ultimately the right decision. Yeah. So. Yeah. Was there a turning point for you at some point where you felt things get a little easier or... Or where you started to see kind of like what I was saying, like the other side of the mountain. Um, like, was there a specific moment where you remember feeling like more settled with it or maybe you had pushed through mm-hmm. a bunch of grief or anything like that? I would say probably um, I therapy was a big thing for me. I didn't go to therapy until probably two. It was two years following my dad the three years after my dad passed that winter um there was an event that really I was like I need to go and see a therapist you know what I mean um and I did and I taught and just talking about it after that like I've seen a therapist for six months and I felt incredibly comfortable with where I was at and I was not comfortable with where I was at prior to that. Okay. I don't think my emotions changed very much during that six months. But I was a lot more accepting of where I was at and accepting of the new normal. Yeah. And the concept that this was my new normal. Yeah. And I feel like from there, it's only been gotten better. Yeah. So you felt more at peace by going through to a therapist like it helped you find peace it helped me find peace and it helped me find acceptance for the sadness and the grief and the guilt and all of those things that I was like carrying very heavily that she was like no those are like normal it's okay that you feel that way like you don't have to that's not heavy like you don't have to carry that with such such embarrassment or you know what I mean like with such shame it's okay those things are okay yeah. And that was, like, a big part of therapy that I was, like, oh, this is okay. Like, this is normal. Everyone feels like this, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think four months, like, four months after that, then 
Eric's mom passed and then we were like starting all over and I was so thankful that I was on that feeling like I had kind of pushed over the peak as he kind of began that battle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so Eric is your fiance. Eric is my fiance. Yep. Um, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. Yes. So that, I know who Eric is, right. but everyone else might not. Um, yeah, yeah. That was an interesting thing from my perspective, too, was like, again, like, so you had the tools to yep. help someone else in your life as mm-hmm. they were going through a similar experience. Um, so do you think the therapist, like, kind of like how we were talking about earlier, like, helped you get to the acceptance stage of, not the death, because, like, you had already gotten there pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but the gray area you were talking about? Yeah, it was just, it was. that It was literally, like, I didn't want to accept that some days I was going to feel sad. And I didn't yeah. want to accept that sometimes when... I see Shane, I feel sad. You know what I mean? Like, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. For those things to be real, you yeah. know? Um, that's okay for those things to be your new normal. And like, in, in in order to kind of like make those things be smaller and I don't have to be, they don't have to be so heavy for me to carry. Like, you, I have found relief in just accepting them and being more like confident with them. Like, all my hiccups, you know what I mean? Like, I just have to carry it with confidence in order for me to, like, push through, you know? Yeah. So. That's interesting. Yeah, like, you... I think it's interesting um, that, like, there's a point to be made there that it was three, four years later... Yeah. ...that you went to therapy to deal with... To deal with your grief. Because you you were, like, dealing with it, obviously. Yeah. And, like, like, everyone around me had already been through that been done seen a therapist you know what I mean like my mother my brother like everyone around me had already made those suggestions I had already dismissed it decided I didn't need it and then found myself in in a in a place where I needed help you know what I mean three years later yeah you know it's like never too late never need that definitely never too late and yeah it I agree never too late yeah yeah, and you don't have to feel guilty, like, how you and I were kind of talking right before we started this, like, which is part of this podcast, is, like, mm-hmm. you don't need to feel, like, other people don't need to feel alone in the fact that they felt sad all day. Yeah. Because, like, you said you had felt, like, guilty mm-hmm. about that or whatever. Like, part of this existence of yeah. this podcast is to make people realize that, like, so many other people have days like that. Definitely. feel that way and it's normal and like you're not alone in that for sure and just like different perspectives I think you know having spoken with people like you and your family who have experienced it and seeing like that they are there there's always another side do you know what I mean like what we had talked about as well prior to the starting like the only thing that is constant is time, you know what I mean? Emotion is temporary. All of that is, like, temporary. But time, like, you know. Time continues. It, it's regardless. It is. it is. So you just got to kind of, like, keep pushing on. Like, that emotion doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. It shouldn't be forever, you know? Right. So. Yeah. So what was your experience, um, you said, like, 
something happened that kind of triggered you mm-hmm. needing to get some some extra help, learn some new tools to deal with things. Yeah. What has your experience been like handling handling time? Like handling that the fact that in time things move on without the person that died. Like, I mean, for example, you guys are going to sell your house soon. In mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um you got engaged, you mm-hmm. know, like your mom has dated, yeah. you know, like things like that. For like sure. how how what was that like, I guess is what I'm asking. I'm much more comfortable with it after um in the last 2 years after having accepted what my new normal is. I am so eager to I am so eager for someone to be in that house that is a young family like I am just praying that that house is like utilized because um that house has not been the same you know what I mean yeah. um part of the new normal unfortunately is is stepping away from that house you know what I mean that house was something that my dad was passionate about. Yeah. Um, and without him, unfortunately, some of that passion is gone surrounding that house. Yeah. You know, so a new a new normal is just kind of not having that. And it's really hard as well. You know, like the engagement, just the fact that my dad would, of course, be very involved in um, my engagement and my decision to be married and... Yeah. Um, you know, the wedding process and everything. Um, I miss my dad, you know, for... I miss my dad every single day for those things. But it's okay. Like, I still miss him. I don't know. Like, I don't know what else there is, like, to say. It is still hard because he is still not here. And I am very aware that of that. But you just, you push through and I think there are a lot more positive things in my life to focus on. You know what I mean? Aside from that, like I'm incredibly privileged in so many other ways. So a couple more things I wanted to touch on before we, um, Mm -hmm. wrap up. So, um, your job is, what's your title? Um, I am a response coordinator. Yeah. So, um, like when you got here we talked about this Mm -hmm. and isn't something I had even thought about like Mm -hmm. prepping for this Mm -hmm. you kind of deal with tragedy like it's very much in your face every day if you want to explain kind of like what you do yeah so I work at a crisis response center and we help place counselors to um, workplaces or um, work sites after some kind of trauma or crisis has occurred so uh, we deal with, I mean, I hear about deaths every single day. It's one of our, probably our, our bigger kind of events that we respond to is an employee dies and a workplace wants to provide support, grieving support for their employees because we know that getting back, like I had said, getting back to your routine is actually healthy for the grieving process. So anyways, I, I deal with death every day, um, we, you know, hear the details of death and I know that my experience with death has helped me to, you know what I mean, provide that, that better service and the, and the best service that I can in that way. Um, as well as just continue to like drive me. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in terms of like making a difference and stuff like that. Mental health has been probably more so than physical health because 
physical health. I'm diabetic. My dad died of pancreatic cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like mental health to me is is something that people can have independent control over. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of underutilized aspects of mental health that there's just so much room for improvement. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, it's fulfilling in your role to be able to like provide those resources to people like definitely in the aftermath of whatever happened yeah definitely just to be able to use again the tools that I have and the tools that like my company has to be able to help people in through whatever their um crisis is a lot of times it's grief but it's not always grief yeah yeah has that ever been like draining for you um, it is it is draining when I get extremely um, when I get cases that are are very personal, such yeah. as someone being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and dying. Or um, I, I I I don't feel very drained by it. I don't feel very emotionally drained by it. I feel very calloused. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those events kind of come and go. Um, and although it is very sad, like the more positive impact is that people are getting the mental health support that they need. They have somewhere, someone to talk to. They're getting access to the tools that I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I try to kind of think about it more positively for sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what has been something or a few things that have helped you the most through your grief? Do you think? Staying, staying active has been a big thing. Um, really just doing things that I enjoy doing with my dad. I mm-hmm. love, I think about my dad when, uh, whenever I'm working out, whenever I am like sweating and like hustling and like pushing myself, I'm always thinking about my dad because my dad taught me to be that way and he was that way his whole life. Like he was always really active. Being outside, being close with nature, um, talking, just talking about it. Yeah. Talking about it is a big thing, you know, and talking to my mom, you know, we talk about that stuff a lot and we um, have very similar understandings of one another, you know, so we can talk about that stuff a lot. Um, But I do a lot of stuff in memory of my dad, you know what I mean? And I still do things all the time to make my dad proud and just, you know, try to do things that, like, we enjoyed together. Like, I literally think that every everything in my life that I love and, and I enjoy, my dad introduced me to. Yeah. Like, every single thing. So I, I just, I, I enjoy that a lot. You know what I yeah. mean? I think about that a lot when I'm doing things and how fortunate I am that I got to learn those things with my dad and um, just the things that he exposed us exposed us kids to is yeah awesome. So like even though he's gone, um, he's still very much present in your life through those things. Very much so. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I would say being out, being in nature is like the biggest thing. Yeah. And like when I feel like the closest to my dad. Yeah. For sure. Um. To kind of close out, Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for, this is kind of like a Mm -hmm. two-parter, any advice for, A, anyone who has lost a parent, or, and, or, um, anyone that has to help or support someone in their life who has lost someone close to them, since you've kind of played significant roles Mm -hmm. in both of those spaces? Um, I would say for the, like, the second... The second part, um, in terms of, like, how you can, like, support people, 
I think that really just staying true to yourself and staying true to like the person that you are in the person that you are to that person. Yeah. And not accommodating that relationship and changing that relationship and overcompensating or whatever it may be. Like the normalcy of our relationship throughout whatever, you know what I mean, we've gone through in life is like a it's a huge part of the reason that we're, you know what I mean? Like we are so close. Like, yeah, I, I think that staying true to myself helps me through it, but it also helped you through it. And I think you staying true to yourself helped me through my grief. And it just helped me know that like, not every, not everything is changing. You know what I mean? Like, even though there is a new normal and things like that, like, not all of my relationships are different. You know what I mean? And our relationship is different after, you know, Anne's passing, my dad's passing, yeah. but in a good way, you yeah. know? like And, I, like, but, like, I'm still going to call you out on your shit. I'm not yeah. just going to not, I'm not just going to, like, not call you Hater, out on I mean, something yeah. totally different just because your dad's dead. Like, exactly. which might sound harsh, but, like, that's that, our relationship. That and so is. I'm not going to... That's not good for you. It's if not. I, like, I'm not treat you as a victim. I ex- guess exactly. Like we're not best friends because like you know you cater to all like the bullshit. You know what I mean? Like we're friends because we keep it real. So in terms of like supporting someone, I think just trying to support that person in the way that you know um, and staying true to yourself while just allowing that person to be themselves as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Just. Being respectful of of everyone's space. Stay in your lane, but you know what I mean? You your lane can run parallel to someone's kind of thing. Yeah. My my suggestion for someone that's going through grief is just like it's time. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. That's a stupid suggestion because it's like but that's the most real thing I can say is that time it will um you know, you will find relief, hopefully with time. Yeah, just keep Um, going. Keep allowing time to pass. Yeah, keep allowing time to pass. And just remember that, like, remember how, like, I I don't remember how low I was or how dark that time was, but, like, I constantly remind myself that, like, I've gotten to this from there. You have, you are a stronger person on the other side. You are a stronger person on the other side. These things happen. You, you know what I mean, become more aware and then you get to the other side. Like, so, yep. there's strength, I think. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. I think that uh, kind of wraps it up. Cool beans. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the discussions that we've had thus far. And uh, I hope to see you in the next one.